Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Abari, my co-host, Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, continuing on with our divisional breakdowns, we have headed out to the West Coast for the AFC West this time uh, a year ago. This was, uh, they were mired in an arms race. Everybody in the AFC West was adding pieces and players and quarterbacks. And this was going to be a tough division because everyone was going to win 12 games. And then the uh, season began and there was a shit ton of disappointment. So curious to see where we're at with these teams uh, one year removed from what we saw last season. But Walk, how are you and where you want to start? Yeah, it's funny how you set the table for that. I mean, I remember last year being unrealistically high on the Denver Broncos <laughs> last year because I thought they were a quarterback away. I love their skill position talent. I did not think Nathaniel Hackett was so inept that he would just crater an entire franchise and Russell Wilson not help him one bit <laughs> in stopping that Titanic from sinking. Um, but that was last year. This is this year. Yeah, we uh we we stay water. Let's see where we uh come out with the AFC West this year. So we might as well start with the class of the West. The defending Super Bowl champions breaks my heart to admit it, but Kansas City is still the team to beat in the NFL. So long as they have Patrick Mahomes, that will be the case. Free agency. Hey, they uh they like Jarek McKinnon. They just continue to bring him back on one-year deals <laughs> to perpetuity. And Richie James, which I thought was an interesting signing for them, as he was pretty good when given the opportunity for the Giants last year. Um, they did lose Juju. Um, they, they did a little bit to address the wide receiver position. But they have a lot of undersized receivers uh, on this team now. So it's a very interesting dynamic that is uh, that is taking place in the Kansas City wide receiver room. So what also happened with that wide receiver room in a draft, the only offensive skill player that they drafted was Rasheed Rice at pick 224, um, second, second round capital into the wide receiver. So one of the bigger receivers on this roster at present, Rasheed Rice there with uh, Marquez Valdez-Ganton. And then they have a bunch of undersized kind of jitterbug guys. Um, Richie James might make this roster um, and – could be fantasy viable if injuries occur. I mean, he's not going to cr- climb the depth chart, but I can see him making the team. Uh, Caesars win total over 11 and a half at minus 140. Uh, believe it in Kansas City again as a 12 plus win team. 114 in 2022. So um, my take on the Kansas City Chiefs is this may be total recency bias, but, and I don't know if you are, John, I started watching quarterback on Netflix and it is making me like Patrick Mahomes a little less each episode. Never even um, heard of this. No, it's it follows Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. So three like widely different quarterbacks at different points of their careers through the 2022 NFL season. Oh, it's two. And so it's a season ago. Okay. It's yeah, last year. So they follow them through their entire last season, um, the 2022-2023 season. Um, I don't know. It's just. I, I just, I'm a Mahomes fan on the field. I just like to give a little less every episode when I'm saying I'm off the field. I don't know. Um, Listen, I, I hate the haircut, hate his wife, hate his brother. 
Uh, his dad pitched for the Twins. I was a White Sox fan, so I didn't. I, I generationally don't like the Mahomeses. So that, that, I'm back. Or sorry, back. The deck is stacked against him. Yeah. So you want me to? I mean, to jump on board with the hate. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, give a couple episodes a try, and it'll really just solidify it. His wife doesn't seem nearly as annoying as he is becoming to me. Oh wow! That tells you anything. Um, and there's very little Jackson Mahomes. I think I saw him for 0.2 seconds through like two episodes at this point. Even Netflix wanted nothing to do with that. They probably disaster. scrubbed him after his arrest. Ah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Can't put yeah. this fucking I mean, asshole on here. Yeah, there's just that one scene like, shit, we, we got to keep him in here. It's too pivotal of a scene. Um, but that aside, um, I will continue to watch this quarterback thing. I don't know. I have this thing for, you know, it, making me happy, but it's making me like Kirk Cousins even more than I already do um, and feel super bad for Marcus Mariota all at the same time. So it's uh, give it a shot. We'll talk about it next time we record, but Travis Kelsey continues to hum along. Um, Kadarius Tony's getting all the off season fantasy puff pieces, uh, but largely running back continues to be an unknown. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco flashed as a violent between the tackles runner last year, but he's currently rehabbing two separate off season injuries. And as previously mentioned they re-signed jerk mckinnon again to this team um he has a role in this offense this is the last year for clyde edwards hilaire they went and uh uh signed the generic prince as a udfa i mean they it's it's interesting what they're doing at running back because you would assume pacheco is going to get the first chance but there's there's no assurances here i mean pacheco could as easily could easily just be a one and done type back uh, as well. I mean, just a guy that flashes and then, you know, injuries start piling up because of the way he runs and they move back to someone else. I mean, there is a world where Clyde Edwards Hilaire is fantasy viable this year in the NFL. I mean, there's, there's really a world because if Pacheco goes down, Edwards Hilaire is going to pick up the running downs work. And then Jarek McKinnon is going to stay as the passing downs two minute type back in in one of the best offenses. if, if not the best offense in the NFL. I mean, just wrap your head around like Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming like full circle in <laughs> fantasy football. That's an opportunity for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2022. But you know, outside of that, I mean, Sky Moore uh, versus Kadarius Tony. I mean, I like the thought of what Kadarius Tony can be, but I also think that Sky Moore could see an epic rise in year two in largely the same role that everyone's envisioning Kadarius Tony playing for this offense as a healthier player now in year two of the offense, as opposed to Kadarius Tony, who just racks up soft tissue injuries like every single week. Like everyone's talking about Kadarius Tony when Sky Moore might be the wide receiver to own in Kansas City. It's an interesting room. I mean, Tony Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore, who people liked a year ago, Rasheed Rice, who people like now, which I don't know if anybody genuinely likes the two of them if they don't go to Kansas City. But, you know, you get that bump always. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Richie James coming in. Watson's been there for years. Pretty reliable. And then Justin Ross, who started the offseason. There was a lot of video and Mahomes talking him up and Justin Ross might be the guy. And now a lot of the 53-man projections don't even have Ross on the team. So, you know, we were so used to just we talked about that narrow distribution tree where everything was going to Hill and Kelsey and that was it. And now, you know, with what they have, it, it probably gets spread around a little more, which is doesn't matter for Mahomes' purposes. But yeah, for trying to get that 
alpha wide receiver one in this offense. It just might not be a thing anymore, which sucks. Entirely possible. And yeah, and it's unfortunate with Justin Ross. Um, you know, six four, two oh nine, big body guy, like light years better than Marquez Valdez Scantling, um, as a big body wide receiver. Scan is is Valdez Scantling is just fast. That's literally it. That dude has some of the worst hands I have ever seen <laughs> of an NFL wide receiver. It's just the injury history with Justin Ross, and like you said, the projection of him not even making the fifty three is 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 damning for him. Yeah, it's just I just don't understand it. Like I, I mean, the teams are just so full of shit. That's my big mm-hmm. red flag, right? Like <laughs> you can't really trust. We we know like Saquon Barkley's not getting cut, right? But any of these fringe guys, I mean, they 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 traded for Tony, so he's probably there. They drafted Rice and Moore. They're both there, you know. But like. I don't know. Richie James special team prowess is enough to get him in there over Justin Ross. And it's just, yeah, it's just bullshit on both ends. The beginning of the year, it's all Justin Ross, Justin Ross. That's all bullshit. And now it's like, he's not making the team. I don't believe that either. So it's like (laughs) until, until the, the, you know, we get some actual footage from camp and they get in these couple preseason games and you know, the usage in the preseason games tells us a lot. The guys that are on the bubble, Get on the field more. So if we're seeing a ton of Justin Ross, he's in trouble. If he if he plays a ton in the first game and looks great, and then we don't see him again, he's safe. But yeah, that it's impossible to to guess what that pecking order is right now. Yeah, yeah, totally impossible. Um, and there's still just not that alpha guy, which is uh, and, and there might not be. Which I mean, sucks. Kelsey, right? Kelsey's the alpha guy, but then oh, we yes, had yes, him yes. on the path. Yeah, I mean, so they have an alpha pass catcher, but you're right. I mean, these are just ancillary pieces. These guys aren't wide receiver ones on any other team, you know, and they don't command one wide receiver one volume on, on this team either. No one's going to yeah, step into it, the Tyreek Hill void. They're, like, filling that with two guys. And guys. I don't, you know, we're in the middle of a couple drafts right now. One's a best ball, one isn't. I think they're all viable best ball options. Setting a lineup with any of those guys, I'd mm-hmm. I'd rather – Pull my fucking teeth out with players. No way. Because it's going to be, unless somebody really takes a big step, it's going to be week to week. Oh, it's a a Sky Moore week. He had a better matchup. Oh, Kadarius Tony pop. They schemed, you know, a couple big plays for him. And then he does nothing for the next six weeks. And then, you know, week eight comes and he pops again. You go, well, good luck with that. Class of the NFL. Right there. That's what we're talking about. All right. No, Speaking no, no of, certainty outside of quarterback and tight end. No, <laughs> Keeping it classy. I'm going to the former San Diego, now Los Angeles Chargers. Very interesting <laughs> thing here. Uh, added nothing via free agency on offense. No one, literally. They had a single more via free agency. That's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so nothing there. They did lose a couple of people whose names you heard of. DeAndre Carter, not very fantasy relevant. Defensively, they lost uh, Drew Tranquil and Troy Reader, who have been usable if you're an IDP person. But, yeah, very little movement um, in free agency for the Chargers. Kind of surprising. They did have several draft picks. First round, 22nd pick overall, Quentin Johnson, who, you know, has his warts and people were worried about him. But I think landing spot-wise, for him, it's perfect. I mean, this guy is built like a Chargers receiver. They they like their big 
guys on the outside and and that's the the role he's going to fill. I mean, whether he um, is just waiting in the wings till Allen moves on or Mike Williams contract expires or whatever happens there, or what is most likely is one of those two guys get hurt uh, throughout the year and he just plug and plays in opposite the other one throughout the season. I I love the landing spot for him. And I, I think of all the wide receivers, he probably has the, perfect landing spot given his skill set and, and build and all that stuff. Uh, second round, they took a linebacker. Third round, took a linebacker. Fourth round, they took uh, Johnson's teammate, Darius Davis, a speedy guy who I don't think anyone had as a fourth round pick, but here we are. Chargers doing Chargers things, but I think he's going to be uh, a big part of their return game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, fifth round, took a guard. Sixth round, a defensive tackle. And seventh round, Max Dugan, who will probably supplant Easton Stick as the uh, backup quarterback. Uh, so could could do worse snatching him up with a late-round pick if you have Herbert and just want to handcuff him because I assume he'll easily beat out Stick. Dugan's, I don't know, capable. I don't think he's awful. I, I don't think he's an NFL starter, but I think if, if you lost Herbert, I think he could come in and at least give you some points. But kind of a real do nothing off season for them made no trades of note. So very, very disappointing lackluster uh, off season for the chargers. They went nine and five. Uh, I'm sorry. They went 10 and seven last year. Vegas has them at nine and five. Um, you have them at 10. I know you are a big chargers guy. I went low ball. I hate their coach. And I think they win six. Wow. You, you, is, is there a, Head coach you've ever hated as much as you hate Brandon Staley? Oh, my, I hate Mike McCarthy. There is a okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> There's a venom that you just oh, I hate Staley, yeah. for Brandon Staley. I mean, half the time you can't even remember his name. I think you hate him so much you just like fuck him. You just hope he goes away. <laughs> <laughs> like you just like I want to erase this guy from my memory. He has not been good. For Justin, Herbert. <laughs> um, hopefully, Callum Moore is. Um, I still believe I am an unreasonable. Uh, look at poor Callum Moore. Callum Moore is the victim of uh, both of my coaches. I yeah, hate, right? Look at that. I mean, can't get out from under their thumbs. These defensive tyrants. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, isn't McCarthy an offensive guy too? He came up as an offensive guy. He just uh, I don't remember. Just hates anymore. offense. You know, I mean, he hates he hates fantasy running backs. That's what he hates. He, he hates happiness. Is what he hates. He, he, he shuns happiness. Is what Mike McCarthy does. So, uh, I yeah. I mean, assuming health, I again think this is the Chargers' year. So let's just clip that and put it in for every single Chargers offseason for the foreseeable future. As I just continue to believe in a flawed franchise, but. Yeah, we we shall see uh, what what occurs this year. They they at least went and got some help at the wide receiver position. I mean, when they when Keenan Allen or Mike Williams would inexplicably go down over the last few years, they had no alternatives. They had nothing to turn to. I mean, Josh Palmer, sorry, not it. Jalen Guyton, sorry, not it. You know, it became more Austin Eckler and a little bit of Gerald Everett, yeah. and that's not a viable strategy to win in today's NFL. I mean, short passing, dink and dunk shit. It's nuts what that offense just evolved into um, with one of the top young quarterbacks in the NFL. It was painful to watch. Well, talking about painful to watch, Las Vegas Raiders. 
Oh, before before you get to the Raiders, we, we did omit something on the uh, Chiefs. You oh. and I both had them 14 wins. Oh, look, right on the nose what they did last year. Year over year, 14 wins. Just book it for the Kansas City Chiefs. I see uh, I see no no lies detected uh, on that one. So good, good for those Kansas City Chiefs. So back to my flawless transition. <laughs> On to the polar opposite. <laughs> yes. The Las Vegas Raiders. They're, they're terrible. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable what they're doing. They give Jimmy Garoppolo a three-year $72.75 million deal. It has outs if he can't pass a physical that reportedly he currently cannot pass because of his foot, which he also seems to give zero shits about. As well. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's life is just, it's, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's not, the guy's never had a bad day in his entire life. <laughs> he just keeps falling forward into opportunities on and off the field. So I'm not feeling bad for, for old Jimmy G. Um, but I figure he'll inevitably be under center, but can't imagine him starting 17 games for this team this year. So do they turn to Brian Hoyer or do they go to uh, Aiden O'Connell? I mean, the right answer is probably Aiden O'Connell and just see what you have. But how much longer is Josh McDaniels going to get to to just destroy this organization? I mean, they he, need... he, was our, he was our pick to be the first guy fired, wasn't he? When and he should have been. I mean, we, we rightfully so. I mean, they pulled a plug on Derek Carr, you know, to, so that they don't have to pay the guy. And, uh, you know, start going down that. The uh, Jared Stidham rabbit hole. I mean, that's just, you know, that's, that's like tanking where you have to go look at the bylaws in your fantasy football leagues status there to see if it's, you know, to, if there's any recourse for that level of tanking. But beyond that, they franchise tag Josh Jacobs as of this recording still hasn't signed the franchise tag. I think it's today. If I'm not mistaken. I think today is the day where tags have to be signed and him and Saquon haven't signed yet. They're, so they're holding, they're old now to the 23rd hour to try and get long-term money when they come in from their teams. Austin Hooper was brought in on a one-year deal. OJ Howard was brought in. You mentioned DeAndre Carter from the Chargers. He was brought in. None of that matters. None of those guys. <laughs> not of Warriors the quarterback. Worth his shit. Yeah, Brian Hoyer yeah, was brought in as well uh, as a free agent. In the draft, they used a 2.4 on Michael Mayer, which just further solidifies that Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard aren't worth a shit. <laughs> they they drafted Trey Tucker at 337, a just typical <laughs> Raiders move when the better Bearcat, Tyler Scott, was there rounds later. I don't care if this dude is an all-pro special teams guy. I, I don't give a shit. You don't use a day-two pick on a guy that's not going to contribute offensively. To your team, and he won't. And then took a fourth round pick. First, (laughs) listen, just let's just run the gamut on what Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah, every Gruden draft pick. Yeah, Jamarcus Russell. (laughs) They're so fucking bad. Henry Ruggs over, like, not even off the field shit. Off the other receivers that are available in that. (laughs) They are all time. We should do a Raiders show. (laughs) We we could burn them down. Burn them down. That's all we'll call it. Um, then Aiden O'Connor was the last at 4.33. I mean, I think there's a chance he starts games this year. So yeah. in a super flex league, you know, Dynasty, you could do way worse than throwing a you know your fifth round pick 
on, on Aiden O'Connell. I don't think he has any staying power, but he's exciting. You know, so who, who knows where these Raiders fall to uh, as far as win losses are concerned. We'll get to that, but you know, um, they could be picking early, and if they are, they absolutely have to address quarterback. In this there's trip. no, there's no good about it. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, they they should have the last few years, and they just refuse to. I mean, there's a team that just wants to wallow in mediocrity, right? So, over six and a half wins is only minus one hundred five season <clears throat> book. They won six games last year. They're like a six win team. I'm sure you're going to tell me I have them for less than six wins this year, which I will not find shock because I think they are a very bad team. They also happen to be our team defense in both of the startup deer drafts where you are start forced to start defenses. They are our defense too, as the last, the 32nd defense taken in both of these startup drafts. So we're going to have to hope for some special team. Now listen, I hope Trey Tucker is a pro bowler. <laughs> we <laughs> we change that. your mind. Yeah. Big fan as far as that's concerned. But you know, my synopsis for this team was literally just blow it up, baby. Man, just borrow from the late. Great. Al Davis. This team is a rudderless ship that's heading straight towards a Titanic-sized iceberg. And Josh McDaniels is literally the captain of the Titanic. He is that guy. He's going to be the first one off the boat <laughs> when he gets a chance with the rich people, if that's even true. I don't remember the Titanic. I watched it once 20-some years ago. Did the <laughs> captain abandon ship, or did he go down with the I ship? I don't know. Okay. Don't know. Either way, he's he's getting off. He's he's either that or, or you know what he might go down with the ship. So either outcome, he's either out getting thrown off the boat or he's sinking with this ship and he'll be gone. I don't know. He'll he'll be another guy that I'll project will be one of the likeliest to be fired in season. But I just don't know how you continue to let Josh McDaniels run your your team. Yeah, I mean, just every every sentence made it more bleak. <laughs> for the yeah. future of this team. Um, the season win totals, you had them at four. Perfect. And that looked optimistic to my three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, you add it up and they barely they barely crest the over of six and a half <laughs> where the Jesus. two of us have them. They will, again, likely be a six or seven win team just because that's how the NFL works. So six and 11 seems exactly right. Five and 12. I, I don't. Probably more likely. There's just not a lot of three win teams. It just doesn't happen. You know, I mean, they're one of them. How many were there last year? I mean, if the, uh, there, there could be a couple this year if teams do the right thing. But listen, they, they were winning games they were trying to lose last year and losing games they were trying to win. So, yeah, I'll, I take the under on six and a half. That's for sure. There were three teams with three or four wins. How many teams had less than six? There was one, two, three, four, five, six. Six total teams that had less than six wins the entire NFL last year. And the lowest was with three. So, I mean, listen, teams do fall into that three range. You know, (laughs) that happens. And so it's it's, winless, winless Lions and Browns teams. Listen, there's there's always those. Can't take that away from them. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a disaster. In Las Vegas, to put it lightly, yeah, abject disaster. All right, so moving on to speaking of abject disasters, a year ago, the Denver Broncos. Um, yeah, I can't remember a team that had that much excitement 
and fucking just busted and fell f- fell flat without injuries. Like, you know, th- th- there's plenty of teams who lose their quarterback in like week two and the, the year just goes right down the toilet and you go, well, what are you going to do? We got the, the, the injury bug got us. But Denver just sucked, period, across the board. I mean, they brought in Wilson last year and we, wheels were up. Like you said, you and I were all over this team and boy, did they <laughs> – that cost us but all right what did they do this year they brought in jared stidham to be the backup quarterback uh good luck with (laughs) good luck with that uh our boy favorite guy i love talking about here samaje p ryan as a backup running back (laughs) the the wrist holding running off the field star who for some reason people are all over thinking this is going to be like a breakout year, which I just can't fathom it. I mean, even if, even if Williams is banged up and doesn't get on the field the early part of the year, I don't see P. Ryan like being a revelation at the position. Um, they brought in Chris Manahertz, who I, you know, in these deep tight end leagues, it's a name worth knowing. Um, and one that I just saw that I didn't even know on the defensive side of the ball, I didn't know they signed Frank Clark. I thought he was still out there. I didn't know anybody had signed him. So, does nothing in the regular season. If Denver gets in the playoffs, look out for Frank Clark. But um, who they yes, – he milks it till week 18 or 19. All those playoff um, bonuses. Yeah. So looking at the uh, players they lost, Mike Boone departed, Eric Saubert departed for what looks to be an actual role in Miami. Uh, Chase Edmonds is out of here, and Brett Rippon is out as the backup. Like I said, Stidham is the new backup here. Trades, a guy that we kind of talked about earlier off the air, Adam Troutman. So they traded for Adam Troutman from New Orleans. Um, Peyton being the new head coach, we'll all get to in a second. Peyton drafted Troutman while with New Orleans. He gets to Denver. One of his first moves was to trade to bring in Troutman. We like Dulcich, but we talk about this all the time. He he wasn't drafted by this regime, so they might not like him one bit. We'll see as you know things start progressing here in the offseason. But Troutman is a pretty sneaky guy, I think, to, to have some value that they traded for him for a reason. Um, and technically, they did trade for Sean Payton. They had to give up a little bit to bring him in here, so I'm including him in the trades. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does with these pieces and, and this team. You know, th- This is kind of going to be his legacy right like everyone thinks him as this great coach with with drew Brees and carmichael and the offense they had down there in new orleans if he if he does not write this ship it really does tarnish his kind of legacy whereas he could have just sat on the sidelines and just always been <laughs> you know one of parcel's top underlings and a great coach himself um going to the draft second round pick guy we like marvin mims jr um you know, a lot of injuries to this group of wide receivers. I like Sutton. You like Judy. Um, Tim. Uh, Tim. Patrick. What the hell is Tim Patrick? Uh, bigger guy. But none of them have really been able to consistently stay healthy. So even though Mims is coming in to what looks like a packed wide receiver room, there's going to be opportunities for him. And he, he's, at the end of the day, he is the first draft pick of the Sean Payton regime so somebody in that uh office likes him so i think there's a lot of opportunity in the future for him uh third round drew sanders one of my favorite linebackers in this draft and they went cornerback with another third round pick in the sixth they took a safety and in the seventh they took a center uh that trade for russell wilson kind of 
zapped all their draft picks for the near future here. So they're going to have a hard time building through the draft. So they did nothing in free agency either. Kind of, kind of flat. Didn't bring any playmakers either side of the ball. Didn't lose any playmakers. So what happens this year is really going to come down to Russell Wilson, not sucking and Peyton correcting any of the mistakes they made a year ago. So it'll be interesting to see if they get better uh, a year ago, a giant disappointment at five and 12 uh, Vegas has them at eight and a half. You and I both put them at 10. Fine again. Frig. <clears throat> Look, oh yeah. Uh, you have to do it two in a row and then yeah. next year I'm out and then they'll be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, what, what could go wrong? So a few things, Samaj Piran will turn 28 in like 40 days he's not good at football and they gave him two he's years okay at football but he's a great backup he's a great backup yes situational can step in he's not a starting running back in the nfl he's not special in any way shape or form um he just was a byproduct of the bengals offense you know and, and caught a lot of passes um because of that wide receiver group so you know, could that happen in Denver? You know, potentially, but Javante Williams already positive news about him coming back ahead of schedule, yada, yada, this and that. Javante Williams plays meaningful snaps at any point this year. I mean, then it makes this Maj P. Ryan a, a bad pick for all people that are that are buying in to him going to Denver, you know, because he was promised a shot at the starting job, which would is only <laughs> would only be uttered by the Denver uh coaching staff because Javante Williams is rehabbing from a significant injury. And then uh, a little trivia for you on these Denver Broncos. Last season, did the Denver Broncos score the fewest points in the NFL? Yes. The fewest points in the NFL or the fewest points in the NFL? I'm going to take the first one because I jumped all over it. (laughs) Yes. It was by a substantial margin too, wasn't it? Didn't they – it, it was not substantial because there are terrible teams in the NFL as well. They scored 287 points. The Colts and Texans were both second with 289. So it was wow. a field goal difference. But, yes, the Broncos scored a woeful 287 points. There were only one, two, three, four, five, five total teams that scored under 300 points in the NFL last year. So other than the three that I mentioned, we were also talking about the Jets at 296 and the Titans at 298. Yeah, the, the so giant three of the difference. four teams in the AFC South, which we just talked about previously, and the Broncos and the Jets. <laughs> and it's it's just nuts to think about in context of what the expectations were for them going into the lowest, last year. The lowest scoring team, or sorry, wow. the second lowest scoring team in the NFC because all five of those teams were in the AFC. There wasn't an NFC team that scored under 300 points. There was one at 307, which was the Rams, which we know why that happened. The second lowest team, scoring team in the NFC won the NFC South. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored 313 points last year. They scored the least points in the NFC South last year with Tom Brady at quarterback, and they won at 8-9. I can't wait to get there. Yucky. <laughs> yeah. Vegas is a dumpster. I mean, I still think this is a three-team division. I, I Obviously, we both think the Broncos can be a 10-win team this year. You weren't as optimistic about the Chargers. I'm still there. And then Kansas City is Kansas City. So it's the, the haves versus the have-not uh, as far as the AFC West is concerned. And Vegas 
needs to do everything in their power. I don't know why they spent on Garoppolo. I don't. They should have just signed Baker to the, to a dollar more than the Buccaneers gave him and said. I mean, I guess the the I'm living Vegas for a year. He like, knows the system, right? I mean, that's it. that's why it's him and Hoyer. Yeah, I mean, that's McDaniel's like holding on for dear life is yeah. is what's happening here. He's like, I need to scratch and claw to to a 500 or better season to keep my job. And you know, he's going to do it. You, now you got my gears turning. Now I'm thinking the opposite way is the way to save your job, right? You bring in Mayfield and it sucks. And then you go, Blame Mayfield. you scapegoat him. You go, wow, you know the system. <laughs> it took us so long. To be- yeah, you're right. He has no fucking excuse now. If yeah. What do you want me to Garoppolo, do with the progressive guy? Yeah. You can't do anything with him. <laughs> if Hoyer and, and Garoppolo can't successfully run this offense, then you just go, well, now it's on you, sir. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I mean, and I guess the, the the other one I forgot. They brought in uh, Jacoby Myers too, an, another Patriot. I, I omitted him from the free agency uh, bonanza at the Raiders. So yeah, they're just doing Patriots West, which that's worked so well for the Patriots since Tom Brady left. I mean, that's just been you know a flawless system. I mean, look, it's worked nowhere. It's only worked with <laughs> Belichick. It's worked nowhere. It has not only worked with Belichick. It only worked with Brady. That's the true story. I mean, yeah, that's getting exposed. Like here, there was a little Matt what's his lip, and Jimmy G had a couple of reasonable starts, but not. I mean, what's his what's his name that went to uh, Detroit? The coach, he sucked. Everyone, Matt Patricia. This guy, Patricia sucked. McDaniel sucked in his two stops so far. Uh, Joe Judge sucked. O'Brien has O'Brien's been okay coach, but just a horrific general manager personnel guy. He the, tried to be the, too much like Belichick. Romeo Cornell was below average. Fucking Charlie oh. Weiss st- oh, yeah. <laughs> stunk it up at Notre Dame. They Back all suck. College, Charlie. It, yeah. it is a it is a tree with rotten fruit. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they have so many just strange names. Greg Schiano was there. Yeah, it's almost like Schiano was. Yeah, one of the best byproducts of this Patriots kind of off or this Patriots. Organization was is probably Vrabel as yes. a player. <laughs> like correct. <laughs> yeah, he was never a Patriots coach, right? I don't believe so. I mean, yeah. everyone's saying Gerard Mayo is a legit head coaching candidate, but no, I don't think Vrabel ever no, but clearly played is the, the concepts are I mean it's you know, we, we mentioned this with kind of, you know, these these guys like Peyton might tarnish his legacy. It's kind of the thing with the, the Patriots now. All these guys should have maybe hung it up a couple <laughs> of years ago. The They're really tarnishing their legacy as more time goes on. You go, well, this guy sucks. This sucks here. This doesn't work here. And like you said, yeah, Brady at least went on and pulled another ring down. You go, wow, look at that. And yeah. Belichick's at the point now where Robert Kraft is going, well, you know, we've established a culture of winning here. And it's like, I, I, I get what you're talking about the last 20 years, but you were, your fucking team sucked and was a laughing stock for decades prior to that. So you have a yeah. s- small product of, uh, you know, recency bias here. Your, your team <laughs> was historically horrific. Mm-hmm. And if Drew Bledsoe doesn't get his spleen blown out with a monster hit, you may not re- even that realize that. Yeah. Yeah. It probably he stays still... that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. Craziness. 
Uh, Mike Vrabel, yes. Actually, he went back to college at Ohio State, was their linebacker coach and their D-line coach. And then he got the linebacker's coach job at the Texans, was elevated to defensive coordinator for one year at Houston, and then went to Tennessee. Did you know that Mike Vrabel was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers? I did. No clue. Round three, pick 91, spent three years in Pittsburgh before going to the Patriots for seven. Then he had one season with the Chiefs before calling it quits. I actually, if you had me guess before you asked me, I thought he played longer for Pittsburgh than New England. Yeah, 97 to 2000. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Close this out with the Mike Mike Vrabel portion of the trivia hour. Listen, so we talk to head coaches a lot on this. We were going to like the Dan Campbell rabbit hole for a while. Mike Vrabel's bubbling up. We're talking about the Bill Belichick coaching tree, how shitty Josh McDaniels is. <laughs> we, we go. Oh, it gives you, I mean, pretty right to trash here. these guys. Yeah. Because ah, it's easy so. to hate them. <clears throat> They're very hateable. Most of them. Most, yes. All of them. The, the vast All majority, especially <laughs> yeah. Mike McCarthy. That guy. Maybe that's a, maybe we're Raging talking about doing a, a bonus episode before the season starts. Maybe that we could do the the coaching primer. <laughs> Smash all these fucking bombs. I'm in. You want you want to rate the coaches? I think that would be <laughs> oh, one of yeah. our greatest episodes ever. We've got we gold that. coming. Yeah, that be one of the greatest episodes ever. <laughs> we do oh, love it. You put us all on right. the map, Jeff. So. Now we're excited. So that'll do it for us. Thanks for checking this out. We have uh, now concluded the AFC. Uh, we will pivot to its uh, very disappointing stepsister, my <laughs> the, the NFC shortly. I'm pretty sure top to bottom it's worse just at a glance. Um, but that'll do it for us. Be sure to check that out. For myself, John Abari, my co-host, Matt Walker, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. For fantasy, like they they have a top receiver, top running back, top tight end, but for some reason they have quarterback, you know, fucking thirty three and a thirty two man thing. It's like w- those things cannot simultaneously happen. If he can support all that, then Ritter yeah. skyrockets, yeah, or the Ritter true. ranking is correct and everyone else is fucking way overvalued. So yeah, I mean this this is the old seesaw. I mean it's like. What's it, uh, Millhouse sitting outside on the seesaw by himself in the Simpsons, right? I mean, it just it's, it doesn't balance itself. With uh, with that, I agree with you. I mean, then how did they win seven games last year, dude? They just they just drug games into the mud with this, with this Russian New Orleans and Atlanta all won seven. Everyone won seven, didn't, didn't Tampa win eight? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally, they all they all had losing records. They they all yeah, sucked. I, I would they be, had, they had Tom Brady. <laughs> seesaw is perfect. Seesaw is perfect. I would be equally shocked if Atlanta went. Uh, what the fuck with the seventeen games? I can't do the math anymore. If they won four or only lost four games. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, I'm more on the. I think they can be ten and seven. Or I think they can be five and twelve. 
I don't I don't think that range of outcomes. I don't think they can be 13 and 4. I, I don't not a world. But they can go 4 and 13. <laughs> they can go 4 and 13. I was trying to shrink, shrink it a little bit where it's you know, which side of the pendulum am I on? I could see them as a 9 or 10 win team and win the division or I could see them winning four or five games this year. The I thing with both of these shitty divisions is it's totally realistic for any of them to end up 6 and 0. So then what do they do with the remaining, what, nine games? My math correct? No, 11 no, games. that'd be 11 games, yeah. Going, you're going the wrong way here, buddy. With the wrong direction. Adding so, games to the NFL, not taking I mean, that's <laughs> – so, yeah, that's where my question is. The, the division, someone can beat the fuck out of the other three teams easily in both of these. But what is it they do when they get out of there? They could go oh. six and eleven, and all their losses are the games they don't play. They could go undefeated in their division and lose everything and then, else, and then they go winless out of division. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, not, n- there's there'd be zero shock within the AFC uh, South, unless they played each other. Then somebody could win six and the four. They could win ten, just beating no, up I mean, on the. I mean, the NFC South. We're talking about Atlanta. I was like, when I said that, I was like, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. All right, but that's not who we're talking about today, John. <clears throat> All right. Heading out west, which All right. <clears throat> this will be a good one. 